0: welcome to the christian faith fellowship church podcast we are a church that believes in praying going and life-changing discipleship in jesus we are so glad you've joined in for this message if you enjoy what you hear follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts this is part one of christmas isn't canceled grab a bible and a notebook and get ready to learn here we go
1: I want to get right into the Word. we got a lot to cover today. So you got your Bibles today. We're going to dig in. We're going to get into Christmas isn't canceled. And I'm going to take you on a journey today. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this opportunity of bringing forth your Word. Your Word does not return void. It accomplishes that which it sent forth to do. You have given us the greatest love story ever, Lord, that the Creator loves the creation so much that the creator gave himself up for the creation amazing you could have left us here in our in our fallen state but you chose not to you chose to give yourself for us we thank you for that we thank you for your word in Jesus name amen would you go ahead and open to Micah, Old Testament, chapter 5 and verse 2. This message is Christmas isn't canceled. It's going to be a journey through the Christmas story and understanding how it applies for today. Because we hear of this story 2,000 years ago that changed time, it changed everything at the birth of this king. They set the calendar up to the birth of this king. On and on we can go of the life of Jesus Christ and what he has done for our world. Any nation that is established on Judea christian values is a prosperous nation, a blessed nation, a nation that gives freedom to its people. Every other one puts people in bondage or tries to take control of them. I pray that America always stays a Judeo-Christian nation. Amen. We know there's rumblings going on right now of the direction they want our nation to go. But this I'll say, I truly believe that Scripture must be fulfilled. And that's what we'll get into today. And if Scripture must be fulfilled and we know that we're living at the very end of the return of our King, then there's certain things that we could see about his first coming that we should also be ready to, For his second coming, amen? It's not a second coming. There is a second coming, but there is a rapture or a catching up before the second coming of the Lord, amen? So we would say that 2020 has really been, in my measly 61 years of being alive, one of the strangest years I've ever lived. Can anybody else say amen to that? And the strangeness of this year is not done yet now we're in a contested election we don't know how all this is going to work out yet and what's going to happen after the winner's declared and on and on but guess what god is still in control in the midst of it all despite all of the circumstances and the difficult times that we have christmas isn't and never will be canceled can i get an amen So no matter what this year has brought to you or to your family, we still have an amazing hope, and it's all because of that amazing day in Bethlehem. As we go back into the Old Testament, as we go to the book of Micah that we're going to look at right now, understand that God gave words through different prophets, through different people, and the words were primarily about his son coming into this world, or Should I say it like this, because they might not have fully known that it was his son, that the Redeemer, the Messiah, the Savior was coming into this world. And then the rest of the prophecies are of his return again to set up his kingdom. Again, thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. As you study your Bible and you have an eye for it, you will see it over and over and over. God's desire is to bring heaven to earth and earth to heaven. Earth right now is what we call a shadow land of heaven. It looks like heaven, but boy, it is a big curse here on this earth right now. Man was not made to die, but yet death is very strong in our lives. Can I get an amen? We were not to see corruption, but this world is full of corruption. And I can go on and on and on in that. So let's go right back to the beginning here of Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one, and you see that the word one, is in capital. Come on, get your bibles. See it for yourself. I'm going to I'm going to show you today how to look for things in the Bible that make you go, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. But right there it's in capital. 1 to B. We'll look at it again. The R is in what? Capital. So this isn't talking about a regular person like a King David or a King Solomon or Rehoboam or Hezekiah or anything like that. This is talking about a special one that is to come. And now it says, out of you this one will be a ruler in Israel whose going forth are from of old. So in other words, he is eternal. He's not like King David that was born one day. This one is eternal, eternal. And it says from everlasting. So his coming forth was from old, from the beginnings. You know, and you use that word beginnings. Please don't get confused with that because we operate in what's called time. God does not operate in time. God has no beginning. And I know our little peewee brains are like, how can there be no beginning? He's God. We're not. Yeah, yeah. And, and then there's some things you just have to say, I'm not God. Right. Little people want to walk around in this, this great reset that they want and this, this, all this stuff that they want to do in our world. We will never be God. Right. 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 I don't want to be God. <laughs> can I get an amen? I watched the Star Trek episode where the guy wanted to be God. Anybody remember that? was one of the early ones in the original series. And he screwed everything up that they had to kill God, that he wasn't God. You got it? All right, let's keep going on. So for thousands of years, the people of Israel kept hearing that a Messiah was coming. Remember, it went all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 where where God spoke to that serpent and God spoke to man. And he basically said the Messiah is coming and he's going to come of the seed of the woman. And we know a woman doesn't have a seed. So it was prophetic of the virgin birth. And we'll get into that in a moment. But they kept hearing over and over from Moses, from Isaiah, from Ezekiel, over and over. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Here in Micah it says he will be the ruler of Israel whose going forth was of old and everlasting. So for thousands of years they're hearing this. And it's just like today. We keep hearing about the return of the king. He's coming. Come on. If you come to this church you hear it a lot. Amen. He's coming. He's coming. The world is trying to get into what's called the Great Reset. Has anybody heard that expression now? When I was growing up in the faith, it was called the New World Order. You look up some of the old movies, The Thief in the Night, on and on, and it was the word, the New World Order. Now it's called the Great Reset. Just like it was called climate change, uh, global warming, now it's called climate change, right? They just changed the way they say it, so you think a little different. But when you are seeing people of the caliber make statements like this, we got to get this great reset going now. We might not have another chance. This is the prime minister of Canada. This is the uh, prime minister of France. This is um, some of the former presidents of the United States. This is also Prince Charles and and Soros and and billionaires and these people that are going to be meeting in May to see how they can bring this about upon us. The Great Reset. Their slogan is, here here it is, you ready for it? You'll own nothing and you'll love it. Tell that to an American. You'll own nothing and you'll love it. And they want this agenda to be done and in place by 2030. So they are in high gear right now. This is not phony stuff, guys. This is not conspiracy theory. These guys are talking this, and it ain't little people like me. It's the big people up there that are running nations. Amen? But again, this is all to get this. Scripture must be fulfilled. You have to get that in your mind. Jesus Christ had to die on the cross. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Scripture must be yeah. fulfilled. Yeah. When you get that concept in your mind, then when you read prophecy and things like that, your mind goes, okay, this is going to really happen. Yeah. America is not in end time prophecy. Israel will be betrayed by all its friends after there is a time that is called peace and safety. Anybody notice all the peace treaties that are going on right now? Hold on to that. Let's, Let's continue on. So for a thousand years, the people of Israel kept hearing that a Messiah was coming, and just like today, we keep hearing about the return of the king, but it seems like to them as it is to us, we make statements like this, when, Lord, when? And we also make statements like this. How, Lord, how? Anybody ever say when? Oh, man, I woke up the other morning and I said, I'm still here. <laughs> Sometimes it feels so real. From the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, to the book of Matthew, it is called the time of, The years of silence. There were no prophetic words during that 400-year period. It was a silent time. And then it came to an end one day when an angel was sent from the throne room of God to go speak to a virgin named Mary. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It happened to fulfill a prophecy spoken many centuries before. Let me show it to you. Go to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. I want you to see these Christmas scriptures right from the Word. Because Christmas isn't canceled. The Soviet Union tried to cancel it. Nazi Germany tried to cancel it. Other communist nations, Marxist nations, have tried to cancel it. But guess what? I can still say, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, and Merry Christmas. About six years ago, they tried stopping that. You remember that? You couldn't even walk into a store and a person could, was not allowed to say Merry Christmas. They had to say Happy Holiday or Merry Xmas. Oh, to that. Amen. Merry Christmas. Amen, church family? Here we go. Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Here we go. Prophecies, prophetic. The word of God, it's like over 30 some percent is prophecy, guys. And here he says, the Lord's going to give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a, look, it's not little S-O-N, it's capital S-O-N, showing that this son is different than, say, my son or your son. Shall Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Go ahead and underline Emmanuel. Very simply it means, come on, you know what it is, God with us. So this son that's going to be born is God with us. Now, just, just think about Mary just for a little bit. Get, get, get her in your mind just for a little bit because she was probably a young girl, 15, 16, 17. They say she was very young. Picture what we're going to read. And you can start turning there. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Picture your home one day. This angel appears to you. This angel gives you quite a story. You say, okay. A month goes by. All of a sudden, she's not having her, her monthly time. And she knows, wow, this is really happening. Then she goes and has got to tell mom and dad. I guarantee that went over really good. I guarantee saying to mom and dad, hey, guess what? What? I'm pregnant, but you got to hear the rest of the story. God himself impregnated me, and I'm the one that has the savior of the world inside me. Parents, What would you have thought of that story? Then, to go up to Joseph. Hi, sweetie. Hi. They're engaged. Hey, I got got to tell you something. What's up? I'm pregnant. You can imagine the expression on his face. But it's no big deal, Joseph. I'm pregnant by almighty God himself. And I'm going to have a son. And he's going to be the savior of the world. I can't imagine what that young girl went through. Because God doesn't seem to just make things easy. Come on, talk to me today. He doesn't seem to say, oh, I'm just going to put a cocoon around her and nobody in the neighborhood's going to ask her a question. Are you guys with me today? In this world, you will have tribulations but be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. All right, so let's pick up. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. I want to take you on a journey through the Bible and see the most amazing love story that has ever been written. See that Christmas isn't canceled and never will be canceled. Can I get an amen? Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, watch what it says here, was sent by God. I don't know how many of you guys work in a a business where they call for meetings once in a while. When I look at this, this is exactly, remember, heaven and earth aren't that much different. I can imagine God saying, Gabriel, we need to talk. Gabriel comes in, almighty God, what's up? Let's pick it up. He was sent to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house and we know lineage of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice! I got some good news for you. What is it? You are highly favored of God now we read that statement we go yeah but doesn't the Bible say we are highly favored of God it does but in the New Testament it does this is an Old Testament saying Mary is still living under the law Mary has not been redeemed yet Mary did you know that the one that you're carrying created you and was going to redeem you it's mind boggling guys mind boggling well, Mary must have just been strong for Jesus all through his life. Yeah, I believe that. But I see in the Bible one time where Mary and his brothers and sisters came to try to take him away because they thought he was going crazy. Mary's just like me and you. She's flesh and blood, guys. She went through the same stuff we go through. Why is he doing that? Why, did you hear what the Pharisees are saying about my son? They're saying he's possessed by Beelzebub. She had to fight those thoughts too, just like we do. But here she's called highly favored one. Remember Daniel is called a favored one, a beloved also, right? Then it says, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I want to just talk just for a minute to young people here. God can use you guys. Just give them your life. All you're seeing on television, all you're seeing with Hollywood and the media and, and, and guys and girls, it's, it's, it's nothing compared to what God wants to do with young people. In the 60s and 70s, they called them the Jesus freaks out in California. But it was a mighty move of God. And they say there's another move going on in California right now of all states. And God, who's he going after? Exactly who the devil's going after? Young people. And I say, rah, rah, God, go out there, get them, bring them in, amen? And I thank God for men and women of God who are out there that, with the gift of an evangelist and preaching to them. But here she is, this young girl, just like you guys, young in the Lord. But she gave her life to God. She didn't say, oh, I need to be like everybody else. She didn't say, oh, look at so-and-so down the block, how much fun they're having. Oh, I wish I had a boyfriend like that. She gave her life to God. And look what it says. The Lord is with you, Mary. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, imagine that, seeing an angel, she was troubled at his sayings, and considered what manner of greeting this was. What's, what are you talking about? Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Let that sink in. Here's what it says. I think it's in Isaiah. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro, seeking someone that he can show himself strong to. God's looking for someone that's saying, I'll give you my life. I'll give you my life. I woke up early last night, so I put on a book uh, uh, on, on headphones. It was by uh, Bruce Wilkinson, a, a Life God Rewards, very short book. But he talked about going to visit this lady that was, uh, she was paralyzed in bed all the time. And he said to her, Pastor, I, I, there's nothing I can give God. All I do is lay here and pray. And he said to her, how much do you pray? She goes, I, I pray all day. I pray in the morning, the afternoon. At night, I pray whatever I'm awake. And he looked at her and said, you're doing mighty things for God. You think about it. When the Messiah was born, only two people witnessed that in the temple. Remember when he went to get circumcised? And it was Anna. She was a widow from her youth, right? And she served the Lord with prayer and fasting. And the other one was Simeon. He was in the temple and God spoke to him and said, you will not see death until you see the Messiah. And Simeon, I guarantee he was a man of prayer being in the temple there, God used him. We might say, oh, this life, I just want all of this life. This life is stuff that ain't worth two cents. It really isn't. And as you get older, you start putting your priorities a little bit better if you start taking those steps while you're younger. But if you say, I just want to fulfill the lust of my flesh, the cravings of the eyes, and everything else, this life will pull you down. And some people make a statement, I'm going to have fun now, and when I get older, I'll accept Jesus Christ. You never know when that trumpet will blow or when that death comes to your house. It's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. Amen? All right, let's keep going on. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bring forth a son, capital S, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob. Remember it was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He will reign over Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Now what he's talking about here, he's going right back to Daniel. The story of Daniel. How many remember Nebuchadnezzar, right? Nebuchadnezzar built that big, big uh Uh, image, right, that big image, and he explained the vision to him, and the head was of gold, which represented Babylon, he says, you, King Nebuchadnezzar, you're you're the head of gold, the start of these emperors, and then the next one was Persia, Media Persia, then the next one that Daniel prophesied about was Greece, and it came to pass perfectly under Alexander the Great, Talks even about the generals and about how many there would be and on and on. And the last empire, empire will be different than the rest. Remember the feet of clay and of, and of mud? And this was the Roman Empire. And this one will come and will come back again. And we're living in that day right now under the European Empire union amen when me and diane went to italy you see there was no italian flag anymore uh green whatever the the colors were it's all the blue flag with all the stars the european the european union but daniel made a prophecy and he said but i saw a rock a mountain and it came down and it hit that image and that image turned into chaff and it blew away and those kingdoms were no more but this kingdom was forever Amen. Keep going on. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Amen. This goes with the prophecy of Isaiah. Real quick, turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Wonderful scriptures about Christmas, but read in between the lines what the Lord is saying. Because he's speaking the same thing today. And he's saying, Are you watching? Are you preparing? Yeah. Watch what he says. Ready? For unto us a child is born. Notice the C is in capital. Unto us a son is given. Notice the S is in capital. And the governments will be upon his shoulders. There will be no more presidents and prime ministers and on and on. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Won't be voting anymore. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And his name will be, what do you say? Ready? Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. And of his government, so Jesus is going to have a government, look what it says now, there will be no end. Watch. The government is going to be what? Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the increase of this government, and peace... This government will be ruled by peace upon the throne of David. Now, that's interesting. Let's just bring this out. David was a king of Israel under Saul, chosen by God, a man after God's own heart, but committed adultery, murder, and lied. Broke three of the Ten Commandments, but yet it says Jesus will sit upon the throne of David. Is that mind-boggling? The forgiveness of God. Why is it? Because David did something. I believe it's Isaiah, Psalm 55. He repented before Almighty God. And when God forgives, he forgets. Amen? I guarantee you right now, when you meet Rahab up in heaven, you're not going to say, oh, you were a prostitute. She was forgiven and washed by Almighty God. Amazing. There will be no end upon the throne of David over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice. There's going to be no more robbing, no more government officials stealing, stealing money or whatever. No more. It's going to be done. Hmm. Sounds good, doesn't it, church? From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Let's continue on in Luke now. Are you still there? Luke 134 we're up to. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? She has a question. Nothing wrong with questions. Questions are good. It makes the word of God pop out. How can this be? Since I don't know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, (laughs) remember now, young lady having to receive what this angel is going to say the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Wow. Picture to scene. Then he says this in verse 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived the son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month. For her who was called barren, read the next line with me. Ready? For we God, nothing will be impossible. Come on, say it with me. For we God, nothing will be impossible. And here's the statement. Here's what sealed the contract. Ready? Then Mary said, "Behold, the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word." And the angel departed. What a day that must have been for Mary, and what a day that should have been for the nation. Of Israel. Talk to me, church family. But while this was all happening, the religious people of that time, they were not watching for the appearance of the king. Maybe they got tired of hearing, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Just like many Christians are getting tired today of hearing that. He's coming, church family. He's coming. The same way Jesus Christ was prophesied that he would come the first time, he will return again. And he will set up his kingdom. But they weren't watching, just like it is today. Here was my question. Where were the sons of Issachar during this period of time? Where were they? Let me show you what it says about Issachar. Would you put it up on the screen, please? 1 Chronicles 12.32 From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the time and knew the best course for Israel to take. Why didn't they know? Where were the Pharisees? Where were the Sadducees? Where were the religious people? Why was it only Simeon and Anna knew that the Messiah was coming? It took angels to get the shepherds there. What's going on, church family? Why was it that it was wise men from the east that had more understanding than the very people of Israel? Church family, the reason I'm teaching this like that, there is a fog on the church right now. And I'm not just talking our church, I'm talking the church. Many people don't believe Jesus is coming back. I guarantee you, he is coming back. He is coming back. Because if we don't believe that there is going to be a catching up and a second return of the Lord, then how can I believe that he came the first time? Go over to Matthew chapter 2, verse 7. I want to shake you a little bit today. Because this great reset that's coming, there is called right now what the book of Thessalonians talks about. And it's called the great delusion. People are being deceived left and right. We're seeing people do things that you wouldn't have thought of 20, 30 years ago. We're seeing riots and people destroying. I heard one person make this statement. She lives in Minnesota, and she says many people think that the burned-out buildings of Minnesota were maybe one city block. She says there were five miles of burned-out buildings in Minnesota with those riots. Five miles, and that's just one city. We're seeing government officials doing things we never thought would ever happen. The scripture says lawlessness will abound. And I said to you this years ago, I never thought we would see lawlessness in our government, in our government in such a scale. So what do we need to do? Here's what I'm doing. Well, we're looking up, Diane, amen. I'm paying my taxes. I'm voting. I'm living a good life. Not just to please man but to do it as unto God. That's our lives, amen? And there might be tons of people out there not paying taxes, ripping the system off and all that. I'm not going to be one of them. And I hope you're not going to be one of them also, amen? We get one chance to live on this earth, one chance to stack up rewards for eternity. Watch what it says. This is about the wise men. Watch. Matthew 2, verse 7. Everybody there? Remember they came to King Herod? Now Herod as crazy as this man was, having his wife killed, and they believe he killed one of his sons, he was a, a crazy man. He was a genius. He was an architect. He built the temple, the, uh, the Herod's temple is what it was called. And it's a glory, they say, it was one of the wonders of the earth. How many here went to Israel a few years ago? And you went up to Masada. You remember Masada? And they brought out about Masada being like a a resort for Herod. It was not just a resort. It was also a military strategic place for him so that if he was ever going to be tossed out or a rebellion against him, he would go there and he'd be so high up there and they had weapons and everything ready to destroy him. And this man was a wacko. Amen? Let's just put it out there. But many wackos could be geniuses too. All right? So you you got the balance there. Verse 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, he determined from them what time the star appeared. Now, you remember the Pharisees, uh, Sadducees, they told him that the the scripture, they read Micah to Herod and told him he's going to be born in Bethlehem. You remember that? And he said, What time the star appeared? And he sent them to Bethlehem. In other words, he said, well, here's what the scripture says in Micah. It's Bethlehem. That's where you need to go, guys. Now, many, you know, most of the pictures we see is of the star above a manger. But Jesus was probably close to two years old at this point. All right, you guys? Understand that it wasn't, he was still an infant there. Watch. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him. Oh yeah, sure. When they had heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come to the house... Not the manger, the house. They had come into the house. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother and he fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened up their treasures, they presented gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed from their own, for their own country another way, back to the east. Amen? Now, what happened after this? Herod found out that he was deceived by these guys, and he had every child, what was the age? Everybody remember? Two and under, showing that Jesus could have been close to two years old at this point, amen? So church family, Christmas is not canceled, neither are the prophecies of his return. Why did God give this sign to these guys? Men from the East. Weren't Jewish. They were probably Babylonians, Iranians, out from Persia area right there. Why did God let them see the star? I believe it hooks up with Jeremiah 29, 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Hal Lindsey, some of you might know him, does a great teaching around the Christmas season about the four magis. I think he calls it a three magis. And he explains how these wise men, these people that came, probably came from a revelation from Daniel the prophet who lived in that area. Boy, the word of God, it just intertwines with one another, amen? Many Christians have gotten discouraged because the rapture hasn't happened yet. But just like the people of Israel, one day Jesus was born. And just like the scripture says, one day he will return. And I, for one, will not be caught asleep unless it's at midnight. And I am going to keep looking and watching. Can I get an amen in the house? The prophecy of Jesus coming the first time was spoken right from Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, Mary, and between your seed and her seed. Woman doesn't have a seed. He shall bruise your head take away the lordship of and you shall bruise his heel he was put on the cross for you and for me and the prophecies of his of his return are everywhere in the new testament our world is trying to get rid of the true meaning of christmas over and over and over but you know what they can't because this story is more real than any story it is a love story from god what other religion or other when God talks about the creator becoming like his creation to redeem his creation back to its creator. Christmas started with the greatest miracle of all times. God's son being born in human form. Our heavenly father lined up one supernatural event after another so Jesus could come to the earth just at the right time, it says in the book of Galatians. Only God... ...could arrange all the prophetic utterance, all the signs, all the wonders to come together for the birth of this Christ. You have the prophecies of the Old Testament. You have the miracle birth of John the Baptist, not the virgin birth, a miracle birth. You have the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. You have the angelic appearances. You have the guidance of the star. You have heavenly dreams, Joseph... Heavenly visitations, Mary, every moment was a part of a miraculous alignment so Jesus could come and fulfill his destiny. No man could have done this. They said try to put the odds together and it's impossible. God orchestrated a plan all the way from the Garden of Eden through the ages and into our lives. The birth of Jesus is nothing short but miraculous, and so is our new birth in him. Jesus said, you must be born again. No man can enter heaven without being born again. Jesus came for the foreigner. He came for the outcast. He came for the despised, the rejected, the imperfect, the sick, the broken, the weak. He came for the weary. He came for the depressed. He came for the needy. He came for criminals. He came for sinners just like you and me. He will not reject or despise anyone who turns to him, but freely offers his grace and forgiveness to anyone who will believe and accept it. Through the message of Christmas, we see the miraculous. God reached down to humanity to grab their hand through the birth of Jesus Christ. He became the sacrifice for our sin so we can reach up and grab God's hand and walk through this life born again by the power of Almighty God. Just as the Heavenly Father mapped out the supernatural events of Jesus, He orchestrated supernatural events to bring about the ultimate plan for our lives today. We need to embrace the idea that God is still moving today and he continues to move to us in visions and dreams and our personal prayer lives. He is the same miracle working God and I encourage you to expect him to move in your life during this Christmas season. Listen, church family, Christmas isn't canceled. So for us Christians, as we have all gone through a really crazy year, let's keep the true meaning of Christmas close to our heart and keep looking up for the one who was born on Christmas Day. It might not be December 25th, I get it. And that is coming again. One last scripture, Revelations twenty-two, twelve. You know, me and Diane, we get a kick out of watching rapture movies or end time movies, and they put some on YouTube. Have you ever watch some of those YouTube movies? And there's called one. I think it's called uh, Rapture Sunday. Has anybody catch that one? Oh, that's a doozy. But it's good. It's just like you know us running around with cameras and putting it together. But it's you know people are all in church on Sunday and they're having church, and all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, literally did a boom, right? Boom. And maybe a dozen people were left, and they're looking, and then all you see for the rest of the show is, "Ah!" (laughs) But can you imagine if the rapture happened right now and you were not born again? And Pastor, get to the born-again part real quick so I don't miss out. All right, let's finish with Revelation 22:12. And behold, I am coming quickly. And people will say, man, 2,000 years ain't too quick for me. That word quickly, if you look it up in the Greek, can also mean suddenly. Suddenly. And the Bible says the rapture will happen as a twinkling of an eye. I'm telling you, church family, I just thought the other day, what a reunion that is going to be. I mean, we're all excited about seeing Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. But we're going to see loved ones. That we, you're going to meet grandparents that you didn't even know. And on it, it, it it's going to be a, an amazing. That's why it's going to take seven years to celebrate this thing. It's just going to be over the top, Diane, over the top. It's going to be something else. Amen. Anyway, he says I come quickly or suddenly and my reward there it is again is with me he wants to reward us for our work on this earth and you can get tons of reward you can make the decision the same way you make a decision I'm gonna put $50 away each week when I'm 20 years old till I'm 60 and I'll have like a million dollars when I'm 60 years old you made a decision to pay now to play later you can make that a same decision for eternal things. You will only be judged in heaven for three things. What did I do with my time? What did I do with my talents? And what did I do with my treasures? That's it. That's it. If you're under the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're not under the blood of Jesus Christ, let's continue on. And behold, I come quickly, suddenly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to to his works. I thought we weren't saved by works. Oh, you're not saved by works. Salvation's a free gift. Yeah. All you have to do to be saved is believe. Yeah. But boy, you can stack up treasures, and it's not money. Everybody really little money. It's your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's what you do with your life. I can't stand that person. Forgive, yeah. as I've forgiven you. Yeah. That person ripped me off. Let it go. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Turn the other cheek. Go the extra mile. Help somebody. Get involved somewhere. So much. love you, church family. Christmas isn't canceled. We're going to do this for the entire month of December, including on Christmas Eve. We're going to go digging through that. Randy said to me, what are you going to do the week after Christmas? I'm going to teach on Christmas wasn't canceled. (laughs) But maybe we'll get the greatest Christmas present of all this year. Maybe we'll see our Savior's face before the year is out. Wouldn't that be cool? See, some of you are going, oh, that's exactly what they did. It's exactly, how come they didn't go to Bethlehem? You ever think about that? They just said, Bethlehem, Herod, that's where he's going to be born. The wise men went. Wise men went. Why didn't they go? I'll leave it there. Because a lot of other scriptures that show that God is not going to pick you up and bring you somewhere. You got a hunger for God. I got a hunger for God. On the day of Pentecost, how come there was only 120? It said 500 saw him go up. Because they had to wait 40 days, 50 days, right? Pentecost, 50 days. They had to wait. They didn't like that. Anyway, God is good. Amen. Let's close in prayer so you can go home and eat. (laughs) 201 is going on. For those that are going to take that, all you do is go down. Make a right past the bathrooms, all the way to the end. You'll see some signs on the wall, and go meet in the chapel. If you've never seen our chapel, that's where it's at over there, amen? God is good. God is good. God is good. Father, we love you, and we just thank you for the time and your word. Again, Father, as I'm studying this myself, I just see the wonders of your miraculous, the wonders of your perfection, Lord. And when people say this stuff ain't going to happen, the new world order, the mark of the beast, on and on, (laughs) it's happening. Right before our eyes, it's happening. Church family, let me just assure you, the vaccine is not the mark of the beast, but it might be a prelude to how it's going to happen. Do you understand what I mean by that? You have to accept that mark knowing what it is to lose your eternal salvation the vaccine is going to be a little different than that all right amen church this morning if you're here and you've never asked jesus to come into your heart to be your lord to be your savior and you would like to make that decision today then i ask you to pray this very simple prayer with me and we'll all pray it together to make it easy for you say this with me my dear god in heaven i believe today That Jesus Christ, he is the son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my savior. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I repent of them, Lord. Thank you that I am born again in Jesus' name, amen. No one looking around just for a moment. If you're here today, you've never prayed that prayer before. You're doing it today. I want to say congratulations. It's the greatest. I'm telling you. The only thing I regret in life when I got saved at 17 is I didn't get saved sooner. Oh, man. If you're here today, and you've never prayed that prayer. You did it today. I'd like to give you a little gift before you leave. There's no charge for it whatsoever. It's our free gift to you. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. We have altar workers that are around the sanctuary. They're just going to put it in your hand for you to take home. It's some literature, not about our church, about Jesus Christ. If you don't have a Bible, there's a little yellow card in there. Take it to the bookstore. and They'll give you a free New Testament, our gift to you, to help you in your newfound faith. So if you're here today and you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, you're doing it today. Or maybe you have, but you're not living for him. You'd like to rededicate your life today. Maybe you're not sure yet. You're still seeking, but you would still like this package to help you on your journey. Then with no one looking around, this is between you, Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker that will give you this gift. Would you slip your hand up, let me see it, and then put it right back down. And we'll make sure someone comes to you and brings you this gift. Don't be afraid. We're not here to do anything weird. We're here to help you. Our altar workers are walking around. Let them help you. Let them give you this gift today. Please, don't be one of those rapture Sunday people. Amen? Don't be left behind. Don't be left behind. One more time, I'm going to look around. That's you. Just put your hand up high. Let me see it and put it right back down. And we'll make sure someone comes to you and brings you this gift. All right, then we're all Christians in here. God is good. We serve a good God. Amen. Thank you for coming out to church today. Keep looking up. Our redemption is drawing nigh. Amen.
0: God is good. I'm so glad Christmas isn't canceled because it's my favorite time of year. And I would hate to think I uh, spent all that time decorating for nothing. God is good. Can you stand with me? We're going to pray. And um, I'm going to pronounce a blessing over you. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you that your word encourages us, gives us hope. Lord, we see in your word that you did come the first time and you will be coming for to take us home. And Lord, we're so glad that we know you as our Lord and Savior and that we're going to be with you. Forever. The word of God says, and I'm going to pronounce it over you right now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord protect you, sustain you, and guard you. The Lord make his face shine upon you with favor and be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. The Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart, and life. We confess that we are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors, we are greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. We are blessed to be a blessing. Thanks so much for worshiping with us. Hope to see you online on Wednesday night.